This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m., or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m., or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. We, we did start uh, last week talking about revival now. And it's interesting, I haven't even heard that word, and after that, people started sending us things from all around the, the planet about how God sent in revival into our land. And Especially like, on the East Coast. Yeah. Which is cool. But, but God, he, he does revive us. He, he genuinely does. Uh, let's read a couple of verses here. And revival also means renewal. You know, it, it means uh, awakening. I mean, if you read church history, a great awakening actually took place right here in uh, New England. Um, Isaiah 57, verse 15 says, I am the high and holy God who lives forever. I live in a high and holy place, but I also live with people who are humble and repentant, repentant, so that I can restore. And restore is the same as revive. So I can restore their confidence and hope. Hmm. We've been talking about that. I know. He says, but I also live with people who are humble. God lives with people who are humble, not prideful. And he says, and repentant, which means when we're doing something that displeases God, we repent of that. We change, you know, and and we get in agreement with Almighty God. That's a key to a revival when we get right with God in all these areas of our life. And then Psalms 119, verse 33 This is in the Message Bible. It says, God, teach me lessons for living. What a prayer that is. God, teach me lessons for living. Help me to live the way that would honor you. Help me to live like Jesus would live, you know. God, teach me lessons for living so I can stay Stay the the course. (laughs) Give me insight so I can do what you tell me my whole life. One long, obedient response. response. Guide me down the road of your commandments. I love traveling this freeway. What a freeway. You know, it's called a freeway when you're following God's word and you're walking in the steps of Jesus Christ. Give me an appetite for your words of wisdom and not for piling up loot. Divert my eyes from toys and trinkets. Invigorate me on the pilgrim way. Affirm your promises to me. Promises made to all who fear you deflect the harsh words of my critics, but what you say is always so good. See how hungry I am for your counsel. Are are you hungry for God's counsel? Are are you hungry for God's word? And that was one of the things we talked about last uh, week. I still have my hope zone up here. Let me see. I wonder if I can throw this and make it land like it's supposed to. It's a flying carpet. Ta-da! <laughs> a flying carpet. Maybe I should see if I can crank it up, you know? Awesome. But, you know, and this is, this is uh, how you start revival in your area. You draw a circle, you got a piece of carpet, whatever, but then you stand in the middle of it and you ask God, send revival in the circle. Start with me, revive me, awaken me right here, and then make me contagious. And, and that's what we pray. We can pray for God to send revival in Africa and in America and all, but he starts with individuals. And that's why we gathered this morning, a few of us, you know, half an hour before the service started, and we just prayed a little bit, just a few minutes. Lord, send revival right here. That's the way to create revival and the area in which you live, you, you draw that circle, whether it's an imaginary line or with a piece of chalk like you did last week, you stand in the middle. Papa God, send revival in this circle right here. And he will do that because he starts with you. He starts with me. He starts with us. He sends revival and it becomes absolutely contagious. Let me see. Where was we at here? Verse 40 says, see how hungry I am for your counsel? Preserve my life through your righteous ways. 
And then Psalm 119, verse 37. We're going to read that again, but in the Amplified Bible, this is an amazing verse, an amazing thing to pray. It said, turn my eyes away from vanity. All those worldly, worthless, meaningless things that distract. Let your priorities be mine. Hey, can you imagine that? Let our priorities be the same as God's priorities. Wow, he will answer a prayer like that, won't he? Mm -hmm. Let your priorities be mine. And restore me. Which means revive me, you know, with renewed energy in, in your ways is what he's talking about. Psalm 119, 107 in the Amplified says, I am greatly afflicted. Renew and revive me, giving me life, O Lord, according to your word. And then Isaiah 127, those who repent will be revived by righteousness. So we're seeing two things here. God's word brings repentance and revival. And revival and repentance brings revival. Repentance is like, Lord, I'm sorry that I did that, or Lord, I'm sorry, I didn't do what you asked me to do. But that repentant heart, it, it, it brings us into the closest relationship of God that's really possible. Well, we're sorry for that, and we ask for his forgiveness. And, and that's what generates and really begins a revival. Let me see here. Okay, the purpose of revival is to make God... And not men famous. When our heart is like, I want to make God famous. I, I want to be contagious. I want other people to come to find a relationship with God and the forgiveness and the mercy and the blessings that he brings, you know. But it's not that we're seeking fame for ourselves. That, that's just not it. It's just really we're seeking to make God famous. When he, he tells us to go into all the earth and preach the gospel, the good news to everybody. Yeah, Psalm 63 Verse 1 through 8. This again is in the Message Bible. It says, God, you're my God. I can't get enough of you. Can't get enough of God? Woo-hoo. You will be able to if you hunger and you thirst for him. I've worked up such hunger and thirst for God traveling across dry and weary deserts. So here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and glory. In your generous love, I am really living at last. Revived. That's revival. I'm really living God's life, you know, at last. My lips brim praises like fountains. I bless you every time I take a breath. My arms wave like banners of praise to you. I eat my fill of prime rib and gravy. Prime rib and gravy? That's in the Bible? In the message Bible. Are we having prime rib and gravy tonight? No, maybe venison and gravy. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's pretty good. I smack my lips. It's time to shout praises. Yes. If I'm sleepless at midnight, I spend the hours in grateful reflection because you've always stood up for me. You've always stood up for me. And at midnight, you know, I spend hours... A grateful reflection. Do you ever just lay there and you just reflect on what God has done, what he has said in his word, his promises, and just reflect on his goodness and his love for us and his power, you know? God is on the move right now. Says I spend the hours in grateful reflection when I can't sleep at night. Mm-hmm. I have this grateful reflection because you've always stood up for me. I'm free to run and, and play. I hold on to you for dear life, and you hold me steady as a post. And in 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, it says, And now, dear children, continue. That means keep on keeping on keeping on, okay? And it says, And now, dear children, continue to live in fellowship with Christ. Live close to God. That is our choice, you know. I make a choice whether I'm going to step in that circle or not. And I make a choice whether I'm going to live close to God and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and to obey what the Almighty wants me to do. 
The man huddled on the cabin floor. He was slowly freezing to death. It was high in the Rockies in southwestern Alberta, and outside a blizzard raged. John Elliott had logged many miles that day through deep snows of the mountain passes as he checked for avalanches. As dusk and exhaustion overcame him, he had decided to hole up. He made it wearily to his cabin, but somewhat dazed and fatigued. He did not light a fire or remove his wet clothing. As the blizzard blasted through the cracks in the old cabin walls, the sleeping forest ranger sank into oblivion, paralyzed by the pleasure of the storm's icy caress. Suddenly, however, his dog sprang into action and with unrelenting whines finally managed to rouse his near comatose friend. The dog was John's constant companion, a St. Bernard, one of the long line of dogs famous for their heroics in times of crisis. If that dog hadn't been with me, John Elliott says, I'd be dead today. When you're freezing to death, you actually feel warm all over and you don't wake up because it feels too good. You know, this illustrates the spiritual condition of so many in this day in which we live, a spiritual cold and oblivion of their true condition. And God, he sends messengers to nudge us awake. Don't think that because he shakes us awake that he hates us because he does not hate us. He loves us. That's why he sent his son Jesus. Revival, it means making alive again. Making alive again. Those who have been alive, but they have fallen into what is called a cold, dead state. And anyhow, this ranger's dog awakened him. And God does send men and women, boys and girls, across our path. He finds ways to shake us and to awaken us. And God is on the move of sending revival on this whole planet right now in our communities, in our churches, in our neighborhoods, places that we find ourselves at work. God is on the move of sending revival. And he says here in Psalms 139, verse 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. And, and he does know our hearts and our, our minds. He knows all the, the true condition of, of who we are. Verse 24, point out anything in me that offends you. Now, last week we prayed this prayer together. If you remember, you remember that? Mm-hmm. We asked everybody to stop and to pray such a prayer. You know, point out anything in me that offends you. You know, revival, it really means removing the removal of offensive things. And it's a good prayer to pray. Papa God, point out anything in me that offends you. Because I want to repent of anything that offends you. I want to live a God-honoring life. I want you to send revival and I want you to start with me and forgive me and and cleanse me and revive me and point out anything in me that offends you. That's a prayer that God will answer for you and it will make you closer to him. Because the enemy of our soul always tries us to, to grab hold of things that would offend the almighty God. Uh, Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Revival occurs when God gives you a picture of what you are really like on the inside. And and you see that picture when you've asked him to point it out and we see it and we change. We change. And that's through Repentance is to say, I'm going this way. And repentance is we change our direction and we follow close to God. Close, right, 
behind him. You know, there was a uh, cartoon several years ago in the Saturday Review of Literature in which little George Washington, y'all heard of him, haven't you? (laughs) He's standing with an axe. Let me see, do I have an axe here? Oh, yes. Be careful, this is sharp. It, but I did dull it so you wouldn't ask me to shave with it, okay? <laughs> Last night I said, is it sharp enough for you to shave with? It, I, think it, I think it is, just about. No, 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 it's not sharp enough to shave with it. <laughs> Let's see here. George Washington, he's standing with an axe in his hand. And before him, laying on the ground, is the famous cherry tree. He has already made his admission that he did it. After all, he cannot tell a lie. But his father is standing there exasperated saying, All right, so you admit it. You always admit it. The question is, when are you going to stop doing it? And, and, and we might go to God and we might confess a sin to him. And, and God will forgive us. But I think we can almost hear the same question. It's like, well, when are you going to stop disobeying? When are you going to stop cutting down all my cherry trees? You know, it's a good thing that you can't tell a lie, but when are you going to start obeying me? I think that's what God wants us to obey him. And he says in Psalms 51, verse 10, he says, create in me a clean heart, oh God. I think we might have read that one together or sang it or something last week, but created me a clean heart, oh God. Because see, every generation needs a regeneration. You know, in the the Bible it says, in the beginning God created. And uh, another word, and it it is a definition of creation, in the beginning God generated that is a proper word to use that God generated, you know, man and woman, Adam and Eve. He generated them, but when they disobeyed God, they become degenerate. You ever heard that word? Oh, you degenerate, you know? I mean, I've heard people say that, that you missed the mark, you, you've, you've sinned. So in the beginning, God generated us, and through uh, our sin, we have become degenerate, and, and now God wants to regenerate, recreate us. It's what he wants to do, you know. Um, let me see here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is full of living power. It's full of living power. It's sharper than the sharpest knife. Like that one. Yeah. Cutting into our innermost thoughts and desires. God's word is sharp like that. It exposes us for, for who, what, we, what really we really are. are. Nothing in all creation can hide from him. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. This is the God to whom we must explain all that we have done. Revival is, is a purging, if you would. It's, it's a, a cleansing out of the poisons if you would, and, and uh, internal waste. It is a purging. It's a cleaning out of, of us, you know. And it says here in Psalms 119, verse 25. I lie in the dust. And, and to lie in the dust is pretty low, you know. And, and to lie that low, to lie in, in those lowly feelings, in that lowly place, he says... I lie in the dust. Completely. And, and what percentage is completely? 100%. I lie in the dust completely discouraged. 
I'm completely discouraged, he says, you know, and, and, and God's word will revive us if we'll allow it to, you know. So he says, I lie in the dust completely discouraged, you know, and, and that's not talking about a little discouraged, but completely, 100% discouraged. And then he goes on to say, revive me by your word. Revive me by your word. It's alive and it is powerful and it will revive. It will regenerate us. God's word will do that. You can't read this book without it changing your life. That's just the way it is. It transforms us. Revive me by your word. You know, we recognize that, you know, the enemy of our soul is constantly coming to try to discourage us, to bring discouragement every day. He tries. You know, but... We are revived by God's word. When we get discouraged, we need to turn to God's word. Well, when you think of this word revival, it's very similar to revival. Mm-hmm. Revival and rebible. The Bible is filled with living power. It is alive. The scripture says it's alive and it's full of, of power, living power. And you think about, you know, uh, to, 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 to re-Bible. Papa God, we ask that you bless those. We hear a siren off in the distance. We don't know what's going on or who it is. Might be somebody we know. We ask that you'd help them and draw them unto you, Papa God. Minister to them. And those who are responding, oh, Papa God, just bless them and draw them all unto you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So anytime you, you hear the word revival, you know, think of re-Bible. It's very close related. And then, anyhow, it says here in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, it says, pay attention, my child, to what I say. And this is how he most often speaks to us. Pay attention, my child, to what I say and, and listen carefully because God is always speaking to his children. Uh, And if we want to hear him, we can. But we have that kind of selective hearing. You know, you turn off your your spiritual hearing aid. (laughs) You know, it's like, I don't really want to hear that right now. But anyhow, listen to what he says here. In Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, the rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. It's the same as the rain and the snow. That's what God says. It's the same as the rain and the snow. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always. What percentage is that? 100%. 100%. And it always produces fruit. That's what he says. A revival. A revival. It always produces fruit. It will accomplish all. What percentage is all? 100%. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere. What percentage is everywhere? 100%. 100%. Everywhere I send it, it that, will prosper. That, that's what he tells us. It's going to do. His word is just like the rain and the snow, and the snow melts. And, and I, I have heard by guys that says it's the snow that keeps our reservoirs full. You know, not the rain that comes down and runs off a lot quicker, but the snow that melts slowly is what fills up our reservoirs. But God's word is like the rain, and it's like the snow, and it produces everything that God wants it to produce. Now, let's go back up here in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. It says, pay attention, my child, to what I say. Listen carefully. Don't lose sight of my words. Verse 21, we continue it. Don't lose sight of my words. Don't lose sight. Don't drift. Y'all remember a couple weeks ago we had that anchor in here? We didn't want to drift off course. And the Bible says that hope is the anchor of your soul. You remember we talked about that? Because we can drift. That confident expectation. You know, but God's word won't let us drift. If we want to to be held by God, he will grab hold of us and hang on. Don't lose sight of my words. Let them penetrate deep within your heart. Let them, because he wants it to. Let God's word penetrate deep within your heart. And 
And how do you get it in there? You get it in through your eyes. Your eyes and your ears are gateways to your heart. And, and that's why you've you got to guard your heart. Because the things that you see, it gets into your heart. And, and it can be a positive, wonderful thing. But it can also be corrupt. It can be contaminating your heart with things that you look at and the things that you hear. That's a, a door, a gateway to your heart. So your eyes and your ears... You know, if you're going to guard your heart, that means you're going to guard your eyes and your ears. You're going to be careful what you look at. You're going to be careful what you listen to. That's what he's talking about here. Don't lose sight of my words. Let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they bring life. Uh That's right, you know. uh, know, If you ever had fog lights on your car, you know, it, it can penetrate the fog. And God's word is life and light, and it will penetrate the darkness that the devil tries to shroud around us. God's word will penetrate the fog that the devil tries to, you know, contain us with. He tries to. For they bring life and radiant health to anyone who discovers their meaning. Wow, are you discovering the meaning of God's word? He says it brings life. And radiant health. Do, do, do we want life? Do we want radiant health? He says it, it brings, his word brings life and radiant health to anyone. That's 100%. Anybody. Anyone who discovers their meaning. You know, the meaning of God's word. And, and what does that take? If you're going to search, it means you're going to search. You know, I'm, I'm forever reading. I'm forever Every day of my life, I'm reading and I'm studying. I'm on the search, trying to find out what this means and what that means and how to apply it. You know, and God reveals it to us. Above all else, again, that's 100% above everything Everything that you're doing, guard your heart by guarding your eyes. I'm not going to look at that kind of stuff. I'm not going to listen to that kind of stuff. I'm not going to do that kind of stuff. We guard our heart by guarding our eyes and by guarding... Our ears. Guard your heart, for it affects everything. That's 100%. You do. Your heart affects everything you do, either good or bad. It affects everything, so guard it is what he's telling us to do here. Psalm 119, verse 8 says, I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. I, I, will, re- I, I, I will obey your decrees. Please, Papa God, don't don't give up on me. And I'm going to tell you something. He don't give up on us. He don't give up on us. That's why he sent his son, Jesus. We deserved being given up on, but he sent his son, Jesus. He died in our place and he shed his blood. He rose from the dead and and we're going to follow him. God don't give up on us. Now, we may turn our back on God, but he never, ever turns his back. On us. Verse 9, how can a young person stay pure? It didn't say how can a young person get pure. That's part of it. But he says how can a young person stay pure? Because you can get pure and then you can get contaminated again, you know. How can a young person stay pure? Hmm. I'll read that again. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word and following its rules. Hmm. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And hiding it is not an accident. If you hide God's word in your heart, it's on purpose. You know, it really is on purpose. Have you hidden God's word in in, in your uh, heart. Now, you know, we get contaminated. How many, how many of you take a bath at least once a month, whether you need it or not? <laughs> okay, I see a lot of hands out there. Yeah. You know what? I was looking the other day at one of my favorite stores. It was a tractor supply. Yep. That's where I got that tractor seat. And they had these big bars of soap. 
I mean, if you're going to use some soap, you might as well get a hold of some soap that you can see and grab a hold of. Not just a little teeny microscopic thing that's over there. And they have all kinds of interesting names for soap. And I'll grab that old bar of soap, you know, and I do use it once a week if I need it or not, you know. Uh, Will it help you stay pure? Stay clean? You know what? Soap won't help me stay spiritually pure. Even if you take 10 baths with it a, a, a day, you know. And then I've got other stuff. I've tried. <laughs> this is sent away. Now, this right here is more for the house. Heavy-duty citrus degreaser. So you might need some degreaser on them this morning. <laughs> Are you kind of greasy? You need to be cleansed? Well, this won't do it, you know. And this stuff right here, this is if scent killer. Oh, Y'all smell pretty bad this morning? Y'all can just come up here and we can take care of that, you know. Now, if you're a hunter, you would know that these are to get rid of human odor so you can sneak up on your groceries out there in the woods, you know, and they don't smell you coming. But this will not help you on a spiritual note. It, it, it won't. But God's word will do what soap and degreaser and this scent away and this scent killer... They can't do it, but God's word can do it. You know, by hiding his word in my heart. And it says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I hide his word there. And it goes through my eyes and through my, my ears. And I'm not going to sin against almighty God. Hmm. That was the next verse. In yep. verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And it don't happen accidentally. Now, how many of you here today, if you be honest with me, and, and be honest, you know, that you, you have hidden at least one scripture in your heart and you have memorized the scripture? Keep your hands up if you've memorized at least one scripture. I have a mic for you. I was going to just use my own. Do we need to do anything to this? Hello? Nope, guess not. Okay, if you know a scripture, raise your hand. I want you to tell it to me. You know a scripture? Now, I'm not talking about just reading it out of the Bible. <laughs> That's okay. Can, can you quote me a scripture? Yeah. First Corinthians 15.58. Wait a minute, is this on? First Corinthians 15.58. Therefore, brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know... Your labor's not in vain in the Lord. Awesome. First Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. That's awesome. Anybody know a scripture over here? Anybody? Just one scripture? You know one? I'm coming looking for you if you got your hand up. <laughs> Who had your hand up? Somewhere in the Bible. <laughs> That's good enough for me. He cares for you. Be not afraid. Only believe. Okay. That's awesome. Did you have one too? Okay. That's all right. How about you guys? Okay. Anybody over here? Well, I know some of us are nervous. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of, love, of power and love and a sound mind. Yeah. Second Timothy 1.7. That's a great one. You know what? Every scripture that you memorize, it benefits you. Because when fear does try to creep upon you, that's the way I pray. Papa God, you said you've not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. I pray his word, and it is powerful. It transforms us. Did you have your hand raised? Yes, sir. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and he will guide your path straight. That's my scripture. I'm sorry. That's mine. <laughs> I didn't yeah. ask, but may I keep that in my heart, too? Yeah, you Thank can you. keep it. And can I keep it also? Yes, sir. Okay, here. Let me get down over here. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Awesome. That one's mine, too. That's my favorite. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad. Does somebody else have a hand up over here? Okay, I'll, I'll get right over there. Isaiah 40, 31. Those that hope in the Lord will rise up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and won't faint. You know, I'm not going to tell you all every time that it's my verse, but it is. Okay. <laughs> You have a scripture? Yes. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord is God. He is that 
He is the one that created us, not we ourselves. We are his people. And the sheep of his pastors intercourse with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good, and his mercy shall endure all generations. Did you memorize the whole Bible or what? Psalm 100. Did you have a song? John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I tell you, these scriptures that you memorize will dynamically impact our lives forever. Matthew 6, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. That's awesome. Norman's mine, too. Okay. <laughs> Any, anybody else who uh, we've missed who would like to share a scripture? Okay. I'm going to scoot right by here. Okay. There you go. Now, who had their hand raised? You want to oh, we first? both did. That's well, okay. Last <laughs> night, the <laughs> wife was raising her husband's hand. <laughs> Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Philippians 4, 6. Isn't that powerful? That is powerful. Uh, John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Can you finish the rest of that chapter for me? <laughs> okay. Anybody else? Romans twelve twenty six. Do not adhere to the ways of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's, that's awesome. That's good. You, I got nothing. <laughs> th that's okay. We're all going to run home and memorize a verse. I know that because it's so powerful. Anybody else? I just don't want to miss anybody. Okay. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's awesome. Let me see. Somebody? Okay. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, that one's mine too. <laughs> anybody else? Yeah. Is anybody, did I miss anybody who wanted to share a scripture? You know, it, it's no small thing. It's not just some cute thing we're doing here in church, but it is powerful. And when you speak the word of God, it, it tells us that the word is a sharp two-edged sword. It's part of our armor and, and the shield of faith. Faith comes by hearing the word. It's a shield that quenches all the fiery darts of the enemy. So God's word is powerful. Oh, I thought you was going to share one too, dear. <laughs> That's okay. All right, I'll let you read a couple more then, okay? All right. Psalm 119, verse 12. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your principles. I have recited aloud, which we just did, all the laws you have given us. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. Hmm. Not only am I going to recite aloud, as verse 13 says, I have recited aloud all the laws you have given us, but he says, I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. He tells us, someone already quoted it out there, you know, mm -hmm. uh, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who needs not to be ashamed, who can rightly divide, skillfully use and teach the word of God. You study it and, and it becomes alive. It becomes one with you. It changes things. It brings revival and revival go together. As you read it and you, you quote it and you sing it, you think about it, you study it, uh, revival and, and revival, it always goes together, you know? Verse 16, I will delight in your principles and not forget your word. I will delight in your principles and I will not forget your word. What happens if one day these things are taken away from us? We don't have access to a Bible anymore or a phone or a computer. All that you'll have is what you've hidden in your heart. And I challenge you. It's the scriptures that Susan and I have learned and, and my mom was telling us when, when I was a kid or a teenager, we'd have a bunch of teenagers over at the house and we sang scripture songs. 
you know. And my mom was just telling us uh, again the other night that that's the scriptures that she knows. She remembered those scriptures from all the songs that we used to sing. Because you can, you can remember a little, you know, song pretty easily, you know. Do, do you know a scripture song? Mm-hmm. Can we sing it? Yeah. And this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petition that we require of him. Yours found? It's 1 John 5, 14 and 15, I think. I believe that's right. But you know it says a truth, and you stop and you think about it as you're quoting that scripture. Wow, this is the confidence I have in him that if I ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if, if we know he hears us, if we know he hears us, we have the petition. So when you're praying, pray the word. It's so powerful and, and all. And you can learn so many scriptures just by having a little melody that goes along with it. Let me see here. Um, Verse 18 in Psalm 119, I think, would be, Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your law. The wonderful truths. And one thing I do enjoy is definitions as well. And it says, open my eyes and see the wonderful truths. The word wonderful means full of wonder. That's pretty easy to figure out, isn't it? It's full of wonder, extraordinary, awesome, remarkable, exceptional, astonishing, amazing, astounding, phenomenal. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your law, you know. And then pray those things, you know. Verse 19 says, I am but a foreigner here on earth. Wow, I'm a foreigner. I'm, I'm just an outsider. I'm, I'm a pilgrim just passing through. I'm, I'm just a foreigner here on earth. I need the guidance of your commands. I'm, I'm a pilgrim here, a foreigner, and, and, and I need the guidance of your command. This is my map. This is how I get through life, you know, is, is holding close to uh, your, your word. Let me see here. Why, why don't you... Uh, Read that about David Brannard. Do you know who David Brannard was? Yes. Anybody here who knows David Brannard? He was a missionary. You know where he was a missionary at? New England. Yep, to the Indians. To the Indians. And he, he died at 29 years old. And he started a tremendous revival in Connecticut many years ago. Would you share that? When David Brannard took the gospel message to the North American Indians from 1743 to his death at age 29, just four years later after his death, a revival broke out that impacted the Native American community. The revival had greatest impact when Brannard emphasized the compassion of, of the, the Savior, Savior. Wow. the provisions of the, the gospel, gospel, and the free offer of divine grace. Idolatry was abandoned through this revival. Marriages repaired. Drunkenness practically disappeared. Honesty and repayments of debts prevailed. Money once wasted on excessive drinking was used for family and community needs. Their communities were filled with love. David Brainer's birthplace, I think, is in Branford or Guilford area, but his outreach as that as a young man, you know, till his death was to the Native Americans when God sent revival. Psalm 119 verse 26 says, I told you my plans and you answered. Now teach me your principles. Teach me your principles. Help me understand. That means help me grasp. Help me understand this. Help me to grasp and, and, and understand. The meaning of your commandments and I will meditate on your wonderful miracles. The word meditate is, is what a cow or what a deer does. They're a ruminant, and they go around and they gather their food, whether it's acorns or grass or hay or whatever it is. They're gathering it all day long, and then they'll sit out there in the field or in the woods somewhere, and you'll watch them chewing. They're never taking another bite, but they're just chewing all day long. They're gathering food, and then they just sit around, and they're regurgitating it, and they're chewing on it and digesting it and, and it becomes one with them. It becomes hoof and horn and fur and meat 
and things like that because they're chewing on it. And that's what meditation means. It means to chew on it. You read the scriptures, you hear a message, and you just go and you're, hmm, hmm, hmm. You chew on it and it becomes yours. You go out to a steakhouse maybe and you, you, you buy a steak and they cook it the way you want to, but it don't do you no good until you chew on it for a while and you cut it up and you eat it and you're chewing on it and it becomes one with you. And to meditate, what he's saying right here, he says, help me understand the meaning of your commandments and I will meditate on your wonderful miracles. And that's what causes the logos, the word logos to become rhema, the word, where it's alive and it's powerful and it brings about transformation and it brings about change. Verse 28, it says, I weep with grief. Encourage me by your word. You ever need to be encouraged? Mm-hmm. Yes, daily. Two, two, two people. Huh? <laughs> he says, hmm, I weep with grief. Encourage me by your word. By your word, encourage me. Then in verse 29, it says, keep me from lying to myself. Oh, man. You ever lie to yourself? Mm-hmm. You ever lie to anybody else? Yeah. I heard somebody say, yeah. That's, the, that's one honest soul. We know that. Okay. Um, it says, keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your law. I have chosen to be faithful. I have determined to live by your words. And, and that's huge because many people don't choose to be faithful to it. Anyhow, I want to talk about lying just a wee bit. And then we'll be done. Abraham Lincoln was trying to make a point. And his hearer was unconvinced and stubborn. So Lincoln tried another tact. And he said to the disputer, well, let's see now. How many legs does a cow have? The disgusted reply came back, four, of course. <laughs> and then Lincoln agreed. That's right. Now suppose you call a cow's tail a leg. How many legs would the cow have? And the opponent replied confidently, well, five, of course. And Lincoln came back. <laughs> now that's where you're wrong. Calling a cow's tail a leg doesn't make it a leg. Calling sin clean and wholesome doesn't make it clean and wholesome. And there's a lot of people in this world right now that can call things that God says are sinful and evil and that will hurt you. And we can call them all kinds of nice, pretty names, but it don't change them. It, 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 it really doesn't, you know. According to the modern morality... And you think about this, modern morality is, is, is based on the principle of, you know, self-gratification. Cheating is a way to prosperity. Adultery is only a casual pleasure. Lying is merely a, a means to an end. Homosexuality is simply the result of a difference in body chemistry. Modern morality can only be obtained by pushing away God's word and rejecting it. Modern morality is actually immorality. And you can change the name of it. And, and, and you can call a cow's tail a leg and, and, and say, well, cows have five legs. But it's not true. Just because you use that term, it don't mean it's true. It, it it really doesn't. Let's see what's the time here. Uh, let's read this verse right here. Isaiah 5 verse 20 says, Destruction is certain for those who say that evil is good. Well, no, he said, destruction, destruction is certain for those who say that evil is good. And that good is evil. Is evil. They say that dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. That's Isaiah 
5.20, the first word in that verse says, destruction is certain for those who do that. Just because you want to rename something that's evil and say, well, this is good, it don't change it. He says, destruction is certain for folks who go that route. Let's see, did I have time to go through? We didn't do that. I didn't think so. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff here. Yeah. Did y'all know there's a lot of good stuff in the Bible? Oh, it's awesome. Really, you can't wait till you get home and you start reading it and all. Yeah, I was going to read that one there because we said we were going to talk about lies. We got lots of things I wanted to share with you. But here is important. John chapter 8, verse 44. You are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. The devil was. He was always, he has always hated the truth. The devil does. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar, the devil, and the father of lies. The devil is the father of lies. And so when we tell a lie, we give our old father visiting rights. Maybe we've adopted, you know, and welcome almighty God, father God into our lives. But when we tell a lie, we give our old dad you know, visiting rights. And he begins to manipulate us and control us because he's a, the father of all lies. That's just the way it is. Anyhow, it says here in Proverbs twelve thirteen, The wicked are trapped by their own words, <laughs> but the godly escape such trouble. The wicked are trapped by their words. As the school principal received a phone call, the voice said, Thomas Bradley won't be in school today. The principal was a bit suspicious of the voice, and he asked, uh, who is speaking? And the voice came back, my father. <laughs> you get caught he was when trapped. you tell a, a, a lie. That's exactly right. And those who think that it's acceptable to tell white lies, you ever heard of white lies? Mm-hmm. You soon become colorblind. You tell little white lies. Well, a little white lie, it's not that bad. Oh, yes, it is. Just because you said it's a white lie, you don't know anything about color. That's just the truth of it. You know, anyhow, in the July 15th, 1993 boardroom reports, Peter Lafine writes, when the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey ran a help-wanted ad for electricians with expertise at using sun tag connectors. It got 170 responses, even though there is no such thing as a sun tag connector. The authority ran the ad to find out how many applicants falsify their resumes. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, could you let us know if you're familiar with sun tag connectors and you know how to use them? And 170 people responded. And there ain't no such thing. It was lying. And, and lying is really not good for us. You know, sometimes how well you sleep depends on how little you lie. You know, you know the Bible says, Thou shalt not bear false witness and, and so forth. A young man was arrested for stealing a car and said he found the automobile in front of a cemetery and he thought the owner was dead. <laughs> He just parked it there and went and jumped in his grave. I reckon, you know, something like that, you know. And, and uh, you know, you can tell a lie so often that you begin to believe it your, yourself. But it says, and we have already read it, but Psalms 119, 29, keep me from lying to my, myself. Keep me from lying to myself. A, a boy visited his aunt who reprimanded him for telling a fib you know what a fib is? It's a lie. Do you know she warned what happens to little boys who tell fibs? What happens, Auntie? He asked. Well, she said, there's a man up in the moon, a little green man with just one big eye who sweeps down in the middle of the night and he flies away to the moon with the little boys and, uh, who tell lies. And he makes them pick up sticks all the rest of their lives. Now, you won't tell lies anymore, will you? For it is awful, awful naughty. 
Now, do you think she might have been telling a lie? <laughs> my, my grandma on my dad's side, and we would used to go down there and visit, and they lived in a, a big mobile home, and I'd go walking back through the rest of the, the house there, and she'd say, no, don't go back in there. There's a little black dog that's going to get you if you go back there. And she told me that lots of times. And I actually walked back there, and there wasn't no dog of any color back there. So we think that we can tell lies and get away with it, but it affects us because the devil is the father of lies and of liars. And it gives him visiting rights into our life, and he can cause all kinds of havoc you know, in our life. I'm just going to tell you one more. Joe the butcher was closing the store one Saturday night when his best customer, Mrs. Brown, came in and asked for a nice roasting chicken. Joe put the last one that he had on the scales, two pounds and four ounces. That'll be $1.35 back in those days. That's too small, she asked. And that's too small, she answered. Do you have a larger one? He went to the cooler and then returned with the same chicken. Weighing it, he said, oh, just three pounds. That will be $1.80. Still not satisfied. His customer said, mm, I think I'll take them both. And Joe was speechless because he had gotten caught in his life. He didn't have but one chicken. And she thinks he has two now. Just that one. Four high school boys were late to their morning class one day. They entered the classroom and solemnly told their teacher they were detained due to a flat tire. The sympathetic teacher smiled and told them it was too bad they were late because they had missed a test that morning. But she was willing to let them make it up. She gave them each a piece of paper and a pencil and sent them to the four corners of the room. And then she told them that they would pass if they could answer just one question. Which tire was flat? <laughs> They got caught. You know. Proverbs 12, 22 says, The Lord hates those who don't keep their word, but he delights in those who do. There's so much more. We just can't go into all that right now. But I want to challenge you. We might think that a lie or a little sinfulness in our lives, we can justify it or rename it, but we can't. It has consequences in our life. It has consequences in our life. And that's why he says you shall know the truth and the truth is going to set you free. And that's the truth. It does set us free. And when we're praying and asking God, send revival in me. Revive me. Awaken me to the truth. Awaken me and send revival in me. And then send it in my family and in my community and my church and my my city, my state, that's where revival starts in a man and a woman and a boy Argo. Well, our, our time is up here. So would you bow your heads with me? Papa God, I ask that you just work a miracle in us all and just cause us to be repentant. Oh Lord God, we, we don't want to, to live by falsehoods. We want to live by your truth. Yes. And your truth, it sets us free. Help us to to do the right thing and be, be like you, to follow your example, to truly be Christian, Christ-like, to be godly, godlike. Help us, almighty God. So we ask that we're asking you to send revival in this building right here in the lives of these men and women. Send revival in us, almighty God, and please forgive us for our sin. Whatever it might have been, no matter how small or renamed it has been, Forgive us for sin, almighty God. Cleanse us and set us free. Send revival into us, into our lives, and just show us how to do the right thing. That's what we want to do. We want to live your way, and we ask that you send revival. Revive us now. Do it right now, almighty God. Send revival in us. And as we close, if you're here today, I'd like you to, to join me in a, um, a simple prayer to reaffirm our faith in Christ Jesus. And I'd ask you to join me and just pray with me out loud. 
those of you who are watching us online and those who are in the building. And uh, if you've never welcomed Christ into your life before, uh, you can declare your faith in him right now along with us. You surely can do that. So would you join me right now as we pray? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. And for sending your son Jesus. And for sending your son Jesus. I believe that he gave his life for me. I believe that he gave his life for me. And he rose again from the dead. And he rose again from the dead. On the third day. On the third day. I believe he's knocking at the door of my heart. I believe he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus. And I welcome Jesus. Into all the areas of my life. Into all the areas of my life. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my King. And as my King. Revive me, O Lord. Revive me, O Lord. Awaken me, Almighty God. Awaken me, Almighty God. Pour Holy Spirit in me. Pour Holy Spirit in me. And use me. And use me. To make an impact. To make an impact. On those in my sphere of influence. On those in my sphere of influence. In my family. In my family. My friends. My friends. Work in me. Work in me. And through me. And through me. Send revival. Send revival. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.